So tonight I didn't have the opportunity to, to talk to you about what, what we really feel like is probably the backbone of DOXA, uh, or, or really a cornerstone for not only for us individually, but corporately together as a church to be a, to be a healthy church. And, and to live in community um, is so essential, uh, as Ron Bat was saying earlier, and, and I really want to point you tonight before we really get into the message that if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to, to Randy's message uh, from July 29th, it's online and it's titled Community of People Gathering. Um, so I'd really push you to take the time to listen to that. If you weren't here, I know during the summertime, we were the rhythm of life of summertime, we were around and scattered. And, and I actually, I wasn't here that night and was able to, to listen to it. And, and I kind of put that down because some of the stuff we're going to touch on tonight, I'm not going to really go from it from a teaching standpoint because Randy walked through that scripture. Uh, for us as a church, and so I'll push you back to that. But my goal for tonight is really kind of to look at the scripture from a point of view that what it, it outlines, what it means to be in community or to live in community, and then also to talk about a little bit of the um, structure that we see, that we hope that we can design community groups in a way that's going to bring life and not take life from you, uh, and to be a blessing and not an obligation. And so if you would, uh, take your Bibles and, and Open up to Acts chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 42. And it said here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, God, God says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, and to breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So if we go back up to, to verse 42, to, truly, to really look at what they devoted themselves to, um, we start off first with the apostles' teachings. And when I was preparing this, I was thinking, well, what, you know, what was that at this point? What was the apostles' teachings? And I'm sure it was you know, probably the, the, the Old Testament and doing some of that, but really what they had been exposed to by their life of Jesus Christ. You know, I kind of imagine they're, they're, they're together talking about now that they have the Holy Spirit and that they're illuminated to all what Jesus had done. He had sat with them before he ascended into heaven to kind of, kind of show them what he was doing to remind them, this is, this is why I was here. It is to fulfill, fulfill the scripture, to fulfill the Psalms. Um, so I think about that and, and them talking and, and having this time together. And it's like, you know, he, was, he wasn't talking about bread in that spot. He wasn't talking about fish, you know, is, you know, what it meant spiritually for them, and, and, and so I think that's pretty neat to just kind of think at it uh, from that perspective, it really hit me this week preparing for this, um, uh, but for us, it's really, is digging into the scripture, I mean, this is God's word he has for us, and, and um, I would say that that's going to be, uh, at the end, we talk about some of the core of our community groups, and, and that's going to be a, a facet of it, as uh, studying God's word together, uh, so we have the apostles teaching, we see here, uh, fellowship, um, and, and really, I don't think we have a clue what this, this word means. I mean, most contexts we talk about fellowship is just having a little bit of time before service starts, 
we can talk a little bit, see how the week went, uh, maybe a little bit afterwards, but when um, Randy gave his, his sermon on the 29th, he, he talks about the Greek word and what it means, and, and really it's a deep, intimate participation with each other. It's a sharing of lives on a level that I think in our culture we don't even see, uh, even in the Christian community, and I think that's a big uh, area where we want to press in as a church and try to, to, to dig into that and what does that mean as we move forward with community <coughs> Also, we see here the, the breaking of bread, and this really refers to taking communion um, in this context of the scripture. Um, and then we see, and it had time of prayer, and they were focused on prayer. Um, the next verses down here below that, what uh, I kind of would sum it up as the honeymoon period of the New mm-hmm. Testament church. I mean, I think um, everything was going great. Uh, they had all things in common. They provided for whoever had a need. You know, they, they didn't hold their possessions tightly. They 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 were they lightly held on to them and gave whoever needed something, and um, and to be honest, um, you know, a couple years ago when I started thinking about the church and our church and where we were, you know, just the situation we were sitting in as a church, and I was thinking, you know, is this it? Is this what God has called His church to be? And so, uh, from a standpoint, um, you know, I said, all right, as a Sunday school class, let's just let's just go through the Book of Acts together. That's the New Testament church. Let's see where they started how things rolled out. And so, um, you know, I was really, you know, thinking about this first now. And I think probably really, we probably romanticize it a little bit um, because I'm going to ask you the question is, you know, if this is the honeymoon right here, how long does it last? I mean, if you look at the New Testament church or the book of Acts, I mean, how long does this, this last? Maybe it should last until we see him face to face. I'm sorry, what was that? Maybe it should last until we all see him face to face. Yes, sir. I do think that this is definitely the picture that we should strive for and we should chase after. Um, but from a standpoint of what we saw going on with the early church, um, I don't know how many days uh, or weeks, but it's just a couple chapters. I mean, if you flip over to, to Acts chapter 6, what, what do you see happens there? Um, if you go to Acts chapter 6, uh, to me, this is the, the end of the honeymoon. Um, it says, now in these days, this is uh, verse 1, it says, it says, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So we see, I mean, it's an issue. An issue comes up. Um, and then if you really step back and look at the New Testament church, or if you continue to walk through Acts, you see Paul and Barnabas go out on mission and set up churches. And you see Paul and Silas do the same thing on another mission trip. And then if you take a look then about what Paul writes back to these churches, I mean, what's he dealing with? Um, we'll see that in, in, in Corinth he's dealing with sexual immorality and in other places he's, he's dealing with false prophets that come in and trying to, to pull everybody away from the true gospel. Um, so basically we see issues. Um, and so what does that mean for us as a church is where, where I'm going with this. Um, I'm going where... We're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. And that's within this body. Um, and it, it's coming for us. And, and, you know, I might be the only one with the honeymoon glow still going on and loving it. People can pick on me like, oh, that's great. But, you know, uh, you know it's going to, at some point, stuff is going to happen. And, and I say that because of two really big reasons I see. One, it's our own sinful, selfish hearts. Um, uh, and the other part is that we're in a spiritual battle. You know, Ephesians 6 is, is, is clear that, you know, it's just not a battle we're, we're fighting here, uh, something we can see. It's, it's a spiritual battle where Satan 
he has schemes against us as a church uh, to plant here and to reach this community. So um, there is a battle, and it goes back to Randy saying, you know, one of the most important things we can do is, is meet in these prayer times and to pray for, for Doxa and to pray through the week of what God is going to do and he, see him move his hand. I mean, praise God, we have this book and we know who the victor is, but I think we should be prepared in knowing what battle we're going up against. And so, um, really, uh, a part that I want to say, let me grab a drink of water. So how are we going to overcome these difficulties and these problems that are coming? And really, it's, it's, it's by submitting to God's will, His perfect will, and, and, and relying on the Holy Spirit um, to push back what our selfish desires are and also to fight the battle that's before us. I mean, um, it's just not going to, it's, it's going to be a rocky road. But I think Scripture does tell us uh, specifically some things that we need to do as a church as we continue to march on. So if you'd look over at Colossians chapter 3, let's start in verse 1. going back to how we're going to overcome these difficulties, and, and really before we, we start walking through this scripture together, I mean, it's, it's imp- if you're not saved and you're not dwelled by the Holy Spirit, this is an impossible task. Um, and, I, and I hope that these verses will just really highlight um, our need to rely on Christ and the Holy Spirit to be able to be the church that he's called us to be. Um, and so there's some stuff here that we, we need to do, but I, I do want to say that without Christ, um, without God saving you, without Him, Christ taking your sins away from you and giving Him His righteousness, um, without you being able to rest in that, it's, it's going to be an impossible task. Um, so let's pick up here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, that If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked, when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek, Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, seedman, slave, free, but Christ is all and is Christ is all and in all. And so, I mean, this is obvious stuff that we've got to battle to put off. I talked about this, this section, you know, dying to your old self and putting on your new self. And Randy's walked through about being a new creation um, and as he's led here. And, but what I wanted to, to, to really look at just quickly is this put to death, this action. Um, for sin in our life, 
it's, it's a battle. It's, we're waging war against it. I mean, that's the terminology in Scripture. It's not, it's not just that you can press it down or you can suppress it or you can put it in a closet or you can clean it up so nobody can see it. It's not that, that I can train my eye to look over here when a woman's walking by, but it's God to remove that desire for me to follow her with my eye. And so that's the, that's the difference we're talking here. And then to move on to verse 12, it's talking about what we should put on as God's chosen one, holy and beloved. It says, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, with, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And that sounds pretty easy, right? That's it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, back. I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, this is... You know, this isn't easy. This is just, you can see what I was prefacing before we went here. You can't do this on your own. Um, it has to be uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You submitting to, to it. You submitting to what the Word of God tells you to do. Um, and so I want to just go back through and just hit some stuff after, after we've, we've looked at this through verse 12 through uh, 17 here. But just some of the attributes that, that we're going to have to seek after as we live in community together. Um, because going back to, because their difficulty is going to come, and it's in, within this group. And so uh, it's so important for us to have compassionate hearts, to, to care for somebody that's hurting, for us to, to be kind, not to, not to be harsh with somebody, but to look to do good. Um, this uh, humility, we're talking about you know, serving one another. You think, think about what Jesus did for the disciples while washing their feet, and it's just being humble to serve them. And are we going to do that? Are we going to serve one another as we walk out this life together? Um, meekness. I love this definition of meekness. Um, it's willing to suffer injury or insult rather than inflict such hurts. I mean, how often has somebody called you meekness lately? You know? I mean, weak maybe, but meek, a meekness. Um, uh, this willingness to suffer injury or insult rather than to inflict such hurts. And then, and we see what God's called us to do and then and and Paul really here at the end, I mean, he just throws it all on top. Whatever you do. You know, if this wasn't enough, just whatever you do. And, and, and the point of that being that it really, Scripture should permeate every aspect of the believer's life and control every thought um, that's in your mind, every, every word that comes out and every deed, every act that you do. Um, and so my question is, if, if this is what life and community looks like, my question to you is, what, are, what is your response going to be when the difficulties come, when we have problems, I mean, is it is it going to be is going to be you're going to get your little red wagon and you're going to put your stuff in it and you're just going to leave, you know, like peace, I'm out, I got my stuff and I'm going to go somewhere else, or is it going to be you're going to you're going to fight through this, and you're going to walk in community and in, in a way that's going to glorify God, where you're going to you're going to struggle with somebody, you're going to you're going to forgive when you've been wrong and. And I think about that because, too, probably a lot of people 
uh, has brought baggage here. You know, you're just taking your, if you get it like that and you leave with baggage, more than likely, a lot of us have baggage that we've brought here. And so are we going to live in the community in a way that we're going we're gonna to finally tackle some of that stuff that we've just tried to suppress, that we tried to just, just clean up in a way that nobody else can, can really see? But are we going to live in community and strive to, uh, through community and through the Holy Spirit to be more like Christ? I mean, that's the, God's perfect will. It's, what's your perfect will for your life? Is to be transformed into the likeness of His Son. And so are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do the heavy lifting? And so to do that, um, you know, thinking about community groups and where does that leave us um, from a structure standpoint. Um, before I, I kind of walk through this section, I'd just like to have a show of hands. I mean, how many people in here have, have kind of lived life in a, in a community group or a small group setting in, a, in their church or, or whatnot? Yeah. So we got quite a few. Uh, I do not. I, I, my background is only kind of like a Sunday school background, so I'm perfect to believe everything that's written all in the books, you know, that this is going to work. Just, this is how it's going to work. Uh, but I'm going to rely on y'all a lot to be able to tell me, uh, and that's one of my prayers that, you know, you start thinking about as we launch community groups, you know, what worked um, and what didn't work. What was just terrible? What was this? It was just really awkward. I didn't like doing this at all. And um, so that's some of, the, some of the stuff as we move forward, as we go to launch DOXA and launch community groups, I would, I would ask you to do to help us in, in a way like that. But thinking about community groups, I know that there's several. Y'all probably been in, by a show of hands, different type of community groups. There's different purposes, and that's a big part of, of when you start a community groups, defining out a purpose and sticking with that purpose and not being pulled in different directions for different things. Um, and really thinking about the, the purpose of DOCSA, the mission of DOCSA is to create disciples, to make disciples that joyfully worship Jesus with their whole lives. So really, that should lead into everything. So community groups, the purpose should be to make disciples who worship Jesus with their whole lives. And so there is going to be some core elements, kind of like the core elements of Dr. Church, Jesus, Worship, Community, and Mission. There's going to be some core elements to the actual community groups. And so one I've already hit on is Bible study. And really with an emphasis of understanding the gospel and knowing what the gospel is and knowing what the gospel is not. So if you, if you look at Scripture in the New Testament church, it's one of the struggles they had. There's so many people trying to sway uh, what, the, what the gospel is, trying to dilute it, trying to put works in it, uh, trying to throw religion in it, instead of just uh, being what the gospel is, being saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Um, and so Bible study is core element. Confession and repentance I mean, that's high on our list, isn't it? I mean, it's something we normally do just every day. Love it. <laughs> and so, and that's part of, you know, really growing with a group. Um, if you're not comfortable with a group, you're not going to just, you're just not going to talk about the baggage that's in the red wagon. You know, it's not going to come out. It's, you're going to still hide it. So there's, a, you know, some structure there where we want to foster, where you can uh, help each other through difficulties that we have. Uh, worship. Uh, prayer is a core element. Hospitality, uh, exercising of spiritual gifts, the different gifts that God's brought into this body, and also mission through service. And uh, I'm kind of hoping that all occurs like once a week, all that. Because <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous, and that's some of the stuff is that, you know, is living life together, and that's where the, the mindset changes. It's not an event. It's not we meet on Tuesday night, and this is all the stuff we've got to do. Check it off, check it off. It's actually living life together. And what that means. And to be honest, I don't know what it means. But I am ready to just to chase after it with y'all. You know, I don't, you know what, what's my fallback? I know that 
personally, um, it, for me and Keith, we had a great core, and we had a great Sunday school class, and then we got pulled to service. All of us got pulled out, which was great. We were celebrating the Lord that people were stepping out and doing stuff. But then all of a sudden, we felt like islands by ourselves. Um, and it was just us, and we didn't have that community, and we, didn't, we couldn't walk together and celebrate with people. Um, and so going back to the community groups itself, the structure, the type of community group is uh, sermon-based or more, I would say for here, is scripture-based because Randy has a desire to, to really teach uh, expository, uh, preach through the book of the, Bi- a book of the Bible, choose it, and just, just march through together. And so that's what we would be doing uh, as a follow-up as the Bible study. I mean, whatever occurs on Sunday, what Scripture is covered, we hope that that's changing your lives. And then when you meet in community, then you get to talk about it. You get to walk through it. You get to, 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 to flesh it out. I mean, Randy can only bring so many applications to this. Then you can bring to the group what that Scripture means to you, and you can grow together. Um, and, that, and, and, and setting it up that way, too, it helps for those that are serving. So if you are on, on a Sunday morning, you're volunteering in the kids, or you're doing anything, whatever God calls you to do, then if you miss the sermon while you're serving, you just pull it up online and listen to it. So when it comes to community groups, you're ready and prepared and uh, can share and, and not be, you know, feel like you don't really know what's going on. You missed the service. You didn't know what's going on. Um, and then thinking about structure two, really kind of two key players um, and one would be a host and, and one a leader to help facilitate just the discussion and, and the flow and kind of help shepherd the, the, the flock there in the small community group. So I would say partly of the request for this group is starting to pray about that. You know, is God calling you to, to, to be a host or, or is it possible that you could lead a community group? Um, and so we just ask you to call to pray right now because, I mean, we see the, the value in it, and we're ready to go, but we just don't think that as this church plant, it just doesn't have the branches strong enough to hold that weight yet. And so starting to, to plant that and, 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 and think about that and pray about that as, as we move forward with this launch. Um, and then the, going back to the people there in the community groups, I mean, seeing a lot of success, um, at least what they say in the books, with, uh, you know, different life stations. Um, you know, like, so if it's just singles or newlyweds or young kids or teenagers or, you know, uh, empty nests to retirement, just those community, uh, those stations of life work well. Um, I think, you know, we would still have blended groups, too, where you have people from all areas. Um, but uh, that's kind of the structure as we move forward to kind of look at that. And then the rhythm, like how often you have it, um, uh, would be really from an overall rhythm would be kind of like following the school year so you have breaks. Um, so it's not always, you know, you, you have time, you have off ramps. If you got, you're in a community group, you're like, this is terrible. Uh, you can like, I'm going to stick it out four more weeks and then I got a break and I can make a switch. You know, so um, that being set up from that way. Um, and then additional connection points. You know, that would really like you know, meeting weekly to discuss the scripture itself and to have time together in fellowship and living life together, but also kind of looking at a calendar from a month perspective. Like, what can we do, you know, we meet weekly, but then maybe other other week just to get together to have food at the pool and kind of like we're doing now, kind of the groundwork we're laying out. Um, and, and then also doing um, service together. Um, and when I talk about service, I'll go ahead and hit... You know, really a desire to, to look to join instead of create. 
Uh, for example, not trying to create a service that we do and stamp it with a dachshund name on it. This is what we're doing. We're going to do this coat drive. We're going to do this. We're going to do a yard sale to do this. But helping people in the community. For example, I don't know if you noticed when you pulled in tonight, there was a banner up about the 29th, September 29th, the cleaning up the roads. I mean, that's something that where you can kind of see and start engaging your, your culture and your neighborhoods around you. Say, look, that might be something good for our group to do. Uh, just to come elbow to elbow beside the people that probably are not churched and just serve with them um, and look for God to open up uh, the opportunity to share the gospels uh, while you do that. Um, so I know, um, well, let me go back real quick. In the additional connection points, really, um, other than that, structurally, that's, that's it. We really want the, the groups that form to kind of define how things look for their groups. So it drives ownership. So how does prayer look in your group? You know, it, it, uh, it's going to vary differently from how comfortable people are praying out loud in your group. Uh, so you have to know your group to set this up about worship. I mean, you know, you might have a piano and do some Alicia Keys going on that thing and sing beforehand. Some people are like, man, man I'm not uh, you know, It might be just acapella. People might just feel comfortable, you know. Um, but just, just defining that out as a group so you have some ownership with it. Um, and so I know that all this sounds great, um, uh, but I do want to say that, you know, this is going to be work. Um, and it's going to, from a standpoint, uh, it's going to be work to glorify God in community because we can see from what we talked about in Colossians that it's, it's not natural to us. I mean, sin pushes us to isolation. If you go back to the garden, I mean, what did Adam do and Eve do? I mean, they hid. I mean, they're going, sin pushes us to isolation, but community really pulls out Confession and repentance, and that's going to be work. Um, but I hope that going back to creation, that the work is going to be a joy. Because work wasn't the curse. God, man was given work to do. The curse was that it was going to be tough. It was going to be toil. Um, so we pray that it really will be uh, you know, changing. And, and the change of mindset from an event base to a life is going to be hard. It's going to be, we're changing culture. And so we really do pray that it's going to be life-giving and not life-taking. That it's going to be, a, you see it as a blessing to live out life together and not an obligation. And, and so I'm just going to recap really quick as we prepare to launch uh, some things that, that you can do as a group now to start praying and, and thinking and dwelling on as we, as we move forward. And one is, is you know, um, like I said earlier, what didn't you like when you were in community groups? Um, let me and Randy or, or Wombat know what really worked, what didn't. I don't want to ask you now because you're probably in community groups with each other at some point. And so, uh, and then uh, also, uh, you know, the scene about where can you meet inside someone's home. I'm really thinking about that and where can we push to, to, to go and it doesn't have to just be in somebody's home. Um, also, the join versus create. Start really looking at your neighborhoods, um, where you can help out, you know, what can be done from a standpoint of, how you can come alongside people and help them and, and serve beside them. And, and consistency is a key there. It's not like this one time, oh, we're going to do this once, this once, and we're out. You know, it's really looking to serve beside people uh, to open up relationships for the gospel. And, um, and, and, and we know there's barriers to the gospel. So really starting to think about what barriers do you see personally uh, for those around you in your marketplace, in your neighborhood, and how we can as a church start to bridge over those barriers and reach those that, that need Jesus.
Randy, if you want to land the plane and hit on anything that you think needs to be stressed on. Uh, are there any, you guys have any questions or thoughts about community or community groups? Anybody? It's a safe spot. Safe place. Hmm? Can't get past my fuzziness. Yeah, let's just stick it up. Does it make me seem wiser or less wise? Or is it no? you seem like you're some kind of like accuser or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, now he's like a Hudson again. You're back in the club, man. <laughs> no, and I'll never cut it again. part of community groups that went well, or you want to be a part of something, or you you, you understand kind of what's jiving, what we're talking about here, any concerns or questions about how it works, or when... I think, I think a question we've had is, yeah. I know, like, um, talking about the focus in the community group being, like, talking about the scripture that's being talked about, mm-hmm. but, like, what if you're interested in, like, we've talked about, but we really agree we had um, a group of people who were, like, working on Why'd you go in the back? You're the, you're the guru. No, I was happy to be across the I think that's really what the breaks would be for. You know, like you take a whole summer off to then go to do a series like that. So you, then you, you're having community and it just doesn't fall off. And then you're just sitting there waiting. Okay, now i got to wait this break. But having that kind of stuff, maybe a topic or, or stuff as you go through. And then, um, you know, I think you can do that. And you, that's part of ownership, you know, um, of doing that. I know playing the spine on groups, are you doing this just like this? I mean, it's going to be part of the ownership. If there's times y'all can get together, it might be at that point where maybe some men need to get together about some stuff and women to deal with issues and go through stuff. Um, but I would say, one, just a, a focus on the breaks and having opportunities to do different stuff during the breaks and different types of studies. Uh, and if that might be the desire of your group, say, okay, um, let's keep this thing going. So that's what that's what Yeah, I think that's add. great. I think you know, what we want to provide, we want to provide a skeleton that that each group gets to flesh out according to each individual makeup. So if you have young people and you want to hang out three, four times a week, well, there's no rule against hanging out three, four times a week. If you have you know two and three year olds, and you know you have to, if we meet on Sunday morning and you have to uh, fit your group in, say. You know, you, you go to go to church, then you have a small group together over a meal, and, and that's how you kind of are able to fit it in. Or the guys get together in the evening, uh, in the morning, and the women get together one evening because you have to watch the kids. Like, develop a rhythm for each group that works and that works over time, so that it's not something that takes that, like Dale mentioned, that saps energy from you. That you're like, oh man, I have to go to community group. <laughs> I mean, this is so terrible. I've been a part of small groups, quite honestly, that I'm like, oh, that's tonight. Oh, I 
would much rather be doing pretty much anything than this. Like, I've been part of small groups that were like part of the church culture, and I'm thinking, this is horrendous. This is terrible. I don't, I don't like these people, and I don't like this group, and I don't know where we're going, and I don't know what's going on, and it's going on forever. There's no end date to this. There's no expiration date. And so we want to provide a way that you can flesh that out individually. And, you know, let's say you, if you had young couples that were meeting together and <clears throat> you wanted to be able to work on your marriage, then, you know, if you, if you meet, say, Tuesday night as a group, you get together on Friday nights and work through a marriage study together. There's a lot of, there'll be a lot of freedom because we want small groups, as Dale mentioned, not just to be something that you come to once a week and you check it off your list. We want it to, to be the heart of developing community where you're sharing life with each other. But basically you're saying that you want you want the core main meaning to me about whatever the scripture is. Yeah, because I think what you'll find is, well, <clears throat> not just what you'll find, because at the heart of where change comes from is from God and his word. And so as we, as you get people together, it's amazing how if we're working through Ephesians, how God will bring out, it may not it may not be any part of what Dale or I or anybody else is talking about that Sunday morning, but when you guys gather together, something that was said sparked somebody like, that made me think about this, or that really made me start dealing with this in my life. And it doesn't have anything to do, seemingly, with Ephesians 1, 1 through 5, but it's what God is touching in their heart. And then that's what you guys are going to deal with when you get together in a community group as you're talking and praying. It's like, it's not so much a Bible study, though you will be looking at the scripture, is so much as that my application of what God is doing in my heart and how do we apply that with each other. So if you have married couples together, that's going to be, marriage is going to be a giant thing that you're going to be dealing with week in and week out. And if you're single, singleness issues are going to be things you're going to be hitting up against. And if you have a mixed group, it'll I think the, the freedom uh, to own it too. I mean, like, you know, if there's a big issue in the group, and just you know, it might just be that we just pray it that night. You know, it might be just a time of prayer to walk through something that's something heavy going on, and really to have that freedom. But setting up this um, this structure and following up, and you know, people can kind of be prepared to know what's going on, uh, and it also when it comes to leading. There's not a, a lot required. You know, you, can, you don't have to think, i got to prep, i got to make sure I'm prepared with all this stuff. Just by attending and listening to the service meeting, you're already kind of preparing and being ready. So it's really, they want to structure something that's going to be so much work, and such a, a burden on people, and trying to see how can we do that, how can we make stuff not to weigh people down and just live out life. I, I think for me, I don't know about anybody else, I think for me it just sounds like, you know, it's a little intimidating about the whole scripture thing. Because yeah. when you feel like you have to, to preach if you're the leader. No, no, no. no. You know, and that means just for me, it just feels really intimidating because I am not, neither of us, I think, would feel comfortable with that. <laughs> Here's an example um, in, a, in a book that we read that's really good. If you, I have an extra copy if anybody would like it in my car. It's Community by Brad House. It's propping up the projector right now, so we keep pointing over here. Uh, okay, <laughs> like, what's over there? I'll give us a couple more. This is the imaginary man, right? So it's over there. Um, no, <laughs> the imaginary community leader sitting in the chair. Um, that's an allusion to a political... Anyway. 
Um, so one example they gave of, the, uh, this guy said, let me just show you, like, this, he took notes of what happened in their community group that week. And so the families came together on X night, let's say it was Tuesday night, and they had a meal together. And so they're all sitting around the table, and they're, and so he brings up while they're talking, or something that somebody else brought up, actually, like, so what did you guys think about the service? You guys, you know, get anything out of it, or the, the message? And some people just kind of started talking around the tables they were eating, just natural talking back and forth about, you know, what maybe God said to them or what they did or didn't get or whatever. You know, Randy really did a terrible job at this. Let me tell you why. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and at the table, these two women were sitting beside each other, and they started, like, this one girl, God had really done something in her, and she was talking to the person beside her. With it. So they just started talking about it. a separate conversation than everybody else at the table. And so then, when everybody was finished eating, they just kind of naturally, as you would, you kind of get up and leave the table, and they all went and sat in the living room. It wasn't like that awkward, because a lot of times, small group is like, okay, so we come in, and, and they, eat, and then you all sit in the yes. circle, it's like, okay, what you all think about the sermon? Everybody, everybody stands around the chip and dip, and they talk about the stuff that you want to talk about, football, and the weather, and whatever is going on, you know, politics, I don't know, flowers, and horticulture, I don't know what people talk about, and they're sitting there, and then... And they're like, all right, let us go into the awkward circle in the next room and talk about things that we never talk about any other time. And then, then everybody, when that finishes, we leave the circle and we come back around the dip and we talk about stuff that we kind of want to talk about or are comfortable to talk about. So what we want to do is we want to help each other incorporate um, the gospel into life. So... If we get together and we have a meal as a small group, we want to start talking about Jesus over the meal. It helps train each other that, you know, we don't just talk about Jesus when we're sitting in an awkward circle or we're at the, the service sitting in chairs facing the front, but that, that's a part of life. And, um, yeah, so, so they, that group of people just naturally got up, went to the living room, sat around and started talking. Those two ladies stayed in the dining room and just kept their conversation going on. Because that's what God was dealing with. It wasn't about having a meeting. It was about God doing work in each other's lives. And when we talk about that community groups are, um, we're making disciples there. Well, we're making each other disciples. Making disciples doesn't just mean somebody new. It means we're interacting with each other. And you're making me a disciple. I'm making you a disciple. We're discipling each other. And so... And then when their, their conversation was finished, they came in, no apologies necessary, finished the discussion with the rest of the group, they prayed for each other, and kind of hung out. So that's kind of a picture of, depending on each group, kind of the natural kind of flow that we would like to see happen. And then, I mean, maybe if you've seen this before, but one of the examples of kind of working to have some of the questions in the bulletin for that week, what you would be talking about. So then you don't have leaders trying to think about how am I going to transition this. So it's already in the bulletin. They can be thinking about your, the people that's coming to the community group and kind of have an idea of what's coming. That, that makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Because otherwise it just sounds, being a leader of a group, just sounds really intimidating for those of us who are not just biblically. Yeah, no, they would Theologically. Would need no, no need Jesus to, died for me. That's about all I know. <laughs> no need to um, have a lesson prepared or anything. It's just us getting together. There'll be some weeks where it might take off before anybody even asks a question because God's 
doing something. But if it's in the bulletin like that, then everybody's kind of thinking along those same lines, and then you just have someone who's just kind of just being the facilitator. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We're going to get some of the sweet bulletins with like the eagle flying on the mountain on the sun. <laughs> sun streaming through the clouds. <laughs> the girls do the Brandy in his white suit standing up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know and hope, and there's a lot of stuff I just don't know yet. That's, I, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure if they will be together with their family or have their own thing or be some of both. And the way small groups can work, you can have all ages there. You know, there is no. There's, there's not in a, in a small group. There doesn't have to be. Everybody's equal. 